TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. Guys, boys, it's great to have all of us on again. It's been uh, been a couple of weeks. Uh, we've been on, a couple of us have been on holidays and uh, feeling really relaxed. We've kind of all been away. Damien's been in Greece. Lawrence yeah. has been, been in Bali. I went bush for a week. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been yeah. fantastic. Well, it's uh, it's good to. I actually just recorded a show talking about uh, um, you know taking breaks and how why it's important. And and a couple of times uh, where we you know we what happens to uh, some of us is that they actually sometimes can't take a break from, you know, their pain. And this is why we decided to, you know, interview uh, Mandy today. And uh, I wanted to introduce everybody to Mandy. Mandy, uh, welcome to the Wellness Guy Show. I really want to kind of talk about your story because I think a lot of people can relate to it. Um, you have, you've gone through a journey of chronic pain and, and uh, been suffering. And sometimes, you know, we can take holidays and take breaks, but oftentimes, sometimes you can't take a break from it. So we'd love to hear your story. So Mandy, tell us a little bit about your journey through this chronic pain. Where did it start and how, how did your story begin? Yep, sure. Thanks, guys. Um, So my story began essentially when I was about 11. My older sister noticed some um, postural misalignment with me. She was studying PE at the time at university and she thought that I had scoliosis and she sent me and my mum off to get that checked from our GP and that is in fact what I had. Quite a severe case of it as well. Pretty much got told straight away that I would have to have surgery to correct it. Um, I had an S-shaped curve so the first surgery surgery was when I was 12 and it corrected the top half of that S-shaped curve um, with a steel rod and and then afterwards they were hoping that the bottom part of the curve would self-correct but it didn't so I um, went back again for more when I was 16 and I had a spinal fusion um, and then my chronic pain story really began after that so essentially the surgeons were very happy with the fact that they'd straightened my spine but um, that kind of major um, uh, that major surgery has has led to a lot of stiffness and soreness and it's just created ongoing problems since then so I've had a very up and down journey over the last um, 20 years and essentially was always fighting and battling with this pain um, and not doing a lot of things to really help myself um, and it's all very common responses to pain but um, essentially things got very dark for me after my first child was born around about six months after he was born um, the pain just started to consume me and take over my life there was not many days where there weren't tears or um, uh, yeah I was just very very depressed and really battling and luckily I had a a breakthrough moment, I suppose, with my husband when we were talking about it and he managed to say to me something that really broke through uh, all the things that I was going through and he said that when I was really struggling with my pain, they were his darkest days and I'm not really sure what it was about that phrase. He doesn't usually mince his words at all so that seemed really powerful for me and it seemed to um, get me to realise how much an impact my pain was having on others as well and so I knew that I needed to make a change and we went together to our GP and he luckily suggested that I do a pain management um, course and he directed me to one in Melbourne and it was quite an intensive one. It was three weeks, um, nine to five in a hospital situation. They taught 
a number of techniques and tools to help me manage my pain myself, things like mindfulness and exercise. Um, but a lot of those techniques enabled me to then continue to manage my pain and, and come off medication. So I'd had a very long journey with medication, trying lots of different um pain medications over those 20 years prior and I was uh, quite keen to get them out of my system and so they encouraged me to come off my medications and I've been off medications and managing my pain myself now for the last six years. Well done Mandy, that's fantastic. Mandy, um, I just want to explain a little a little bit of something just really quickly. There's, there'll be people out there listening to this um, that have children with scoliosis um, or there's adolescents with scoliosis, there's adults with scoliosis. And essentially a scoliosis, for those people who don't know, is a lateral bend in the spine. A normal bend in the spine goes from the front to the back or the back to the front. Um, a scoliosis is a bend that goes from left to right. And it's incredibly painful and it limits life and lifestyle. Um, and many people um, have the opportunity to manage this through chiropractic care, osteopathic care, physiotherapy, or a combination of all of those sorts of things. And some people end up needing to go and get these rods put in their back, which are called Harrington rods, which is what you had. Now, it, it's, many people think that surgery is a fixer and that, that it will result in, a, in, in all good and that pain will go and you'll be living a normal, functional, amazing life. That wasn't your story at all. And, um, and, and many people are often misled to think that once they've had surgery, that they will be out of pain. Looking back on it, would you have asked different questions or would you have done anything differently? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was quite young, so I was really relying on the doctor's expertise and my parents' guidance. So I I probably didn't have a whole lot of say in, in what was going on, I suppose, or I didn't think that I did. Um, but definitely looking back, I would have um, asked a lot more questions. The The problem that I had at the time was I didn't actually have pain. I, I had a curved spine and, and it wasn't affecting my lifestyle in any way, wasn't affecting anything that I was able to do. I was playing a lot of netball. I was healthy and fit and active. Um I was just out of alignment and there was postural, like it was very obvious that my posture was out of um, balance. And so my surgeons actually went down the line of convincing us that it was necessary from a cosmetic point of view. And um, also looking that's back, terrible. that's, yeah, that's probably, that you know, as a, t a young teenage girl doesn't want to be, you know, thinking that they're going to grow and grow up being out of alignment. So that was a big factor in, in sort of the decision making for, for the surgery. So, Mandy, can you take us through, I guess, the timeline of what happened post-surgery for you? Because obviously at some stage that, that did develop into chronic pain. So, can you, can you take us through the timeline of, of how that evolved for you? Yeah, I suppose probably straight after the surgery, there was just the, the normal, you know, getting back into things and um, there was a little bit of rehab and assistance in that regard. Um, but then through my early 20s, it was a, I was still doing a lot of things. I studied and did my PhD, which included a lot of field work. Um, I played a lot of netball, as I said. And so it was, a, it was really not that much limitations in terms of what I was able to do. It was more, um, you know, at the end of the day, I would get stiff and sore and sometimes I would do too much. Actually, a lot of the time I would do too much and that would cause a flare up. And so it was, it was very much an up and down thing. But as I got a little bit older towards my late 30s and, and definitely after having my child, um, the pain was a lot more regular and a lot more severe and a lot more debilitating. 
You know, Mandy, obviously, like, you know, what we're saying is that it's a case-by-case basis, and obviously you made that choice for the surgery part, but you you, you said something really insightful, and I, I want to kind of come back to it, what, what you said about what your husband said to you, um, and you and it, it kind of made you aware of something, and the awareness that you had was that you actually started to see that the pain and, and, and the what you were suffering internally, like mentally and emotionally and physically, that your suffering was actually starting to affect other people. Um, did, prior to that conversation with your husband, did did you know that you were affecting others? Yes, I suppose I did. There was always, there's always with chronic pain, and there's always a lot of um, uh, negative self talk. Any time you get pain, the first automatic thoughts for me were always how much I hated it, how much this might mean I might let other people down, um, and so I always had um, definitely an awareness of what I thought was letting people down a lot and I knew that I relied on my husband a lot for strength and for um, um, just being able to to sort of talk me through those kind of dark times when my pain was too much. But I think something about the way we had that conversation was enough for me to realise that if I wanted the kind of future that I wanted for, you know, our family, I really needed to start taking a bit more responsibility for it myself and not looking for these solutions also always outside of myself Mm. well one of the things i would love to know is that now once you had that realization what was what was the things that you found out um how it actually affected others like not only just in your partner you kind of mentioned about your partners but how did it affect um the people around you maybe your kids maybe your your friends uh family around you because I, i think that a lot of people don't realize is that you know we focus on when we talk about pain or chronic pain and we discuss it we kind of look at only the individual but we we forget about the actual ripple effect that it can actually affect in the family life too as well and so i want to kind of see what kind of things came up for you and how did you find out post awareness Um, A really big thing, I suppose, which I've always um, struggled with is that I wanted to, I had this mindset that I could beat my pain and that I could somehow ignore it and push through it and I could do all these things and be this superwoman. And I think um, that was based on an unrealistic notion that I I had to achieve and please people and do all these things. And so I suppose um, in terms of how it affected others, they might not have seen a big impact because I was always had that happy face on and I did a lot of pretending and a lot of, um, you know, overdoing it just to sort of try and achieve that level of um, uh, those expectations that I'd set for myself. But um, once I started taking a lot more responsibility for my pain and managing it, um, I had to start asking people for a lot more help because managing my pain on a daily basis takes a lot of hard work. I need a lot of extra time to do things. Um, and so I think uh, I, I became a lot better at, at asking for help and to talk talking to people about my pain and about my situation. And um one really big realization came to me um, when I was talking to a friend after my course. I was I just happened to be having a cuppa with her, and, and I was explaining about coming off the medication and and what um, impact that had, and and how it felt. And I was just babbling away, and then I looked over at her, and she was crying. And I and I sort of said to her, what, "What's wrong?" And she said, "I oh, I just had no idea. I had no idea you was you suffered that much. You know, you, and you just sort of never seemed to." Um, 
you know, you never talked about it. And so that made me realize that um, it's, it's really important to be honest and to open and to actually have those conversations because all of the people around me, all they ever wanted to do was to help and they wanted to know that I was okay. And so if I had have actually, you know, had those conversations, um, I think they would have felt more included and more part of part of the solution. It's fascinating, Mandy, listening to you talk because um, the, I think language is such an important thing and, you know, on the wellness guys, we often talk, you know, around language and you'll notice that Lawrence often chooses his words very carefully and Brett will choose his words very carefully and I choose my words very carefully and what I've noticed with you is that you've owned it. Like, so you call it your pain, um, and, and which I find really fascinating. Rather than actually saying that it's um, something happening to you or something that you're experiencing, you actually have owned it as your pain. And you said that you needed to take responsibility for your pain. And I find that uh, phrase uh, really fascinating because it's, 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 you, you own it in one sense and at the same time you're trying to control it in another sense. When, through all of your education, through all of your learnings, were you taught to own it or is it something that you need to try to forget about? What's the strategy that you use most of the time? Um, I think prior to doing this course and, and learning these things, I, I I didn't own it. It was always a problem that I had that was affecting me and I had a bit of that vi- victim mentality and that was where I went searching for all these solutions outside of myself for someone to essentially fix this problem that I had. But doing that course and learning some of the techniques and employing some of the mindfulness-based strategies has made me become really aware that this is just this is just who I am, and accepting that has been a massive, massive challenge. But also, um, it's given me the ability to to work with the situation that I have, and actually to embrace it, and to understand and be grateful for the fact that there's still so much that I can do, and there's so much that I've got going on in my life that's you know exciting and fulfilling. And I think um, sometimes, often people with pain think that that's all there is, and that's they only focus on the limitations that it provides. Whereas once I very slowly went through that journey of acceptance, I could realise that that's just. Um, you know, this, this is something that I have and it's something that I can deal with. But it, it's not – I always get a bit um, concerned that people think that I've accepted my pain and that means that I've given up. But it's not that at all because to actually accept it and still know that there's things that I can do about it and things that I can do on a daily basis to manage it is actually, you know, that can be actually quite strong and quite, quite powerful. Absolutely. But do, do you think that um, you that it defines you? Does the pain define you now or – I mean – there's um, you've got in in your uh, about you on your page. It says that you're a a mother, you're a mother, you're a wife. You've got this um, metal stuck in your back, and uh, it doesn't go off in metal detectors. All these sorts of things. But I've often found that when people talk so familiarly about their pain, that that they not only own it, but it actually becomes them and defines them. Do, how do you keep the two separate? Um. I actually really don't mind if it defines me. Um, recently attended a, a school reunion and so many people came up and asked me how my back was and afterwards I realised, you know, I was okay with that. I was okay with people sort of identifying me as the one with the bad back because um, there's a story that can go on from there. So it's sort of a discussion that I'm happy to have with people. Um, but I don't think that it defines me solely. There's lots of other things that I've got um, in my life that I would say and other roles, um, but I can do all of those at the same time as being the one with the bad back. 
So I think that's really interesting, man. It's a really interesting perspective on it. But I think the last little bit you said then kind of un- helps us understand how you can do that because, as you said, you, you don't mind being defined by it, but you don't just want to be defined by the problem, I guess, but maybe you want to be defined by the solution as well. So, you know, you're, you're obviously then able to focus on, you know, how this affects you, but then what you can do in spite of that and how you can use that, you know, or perhaps because of that um, to, to live a better, healthier life as well. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I've started um, sort of sharing my story more and, and trying to help others because I think I want people to know that, you know, even if there is these limitations in your life, there's still so much more that can be done and, and there's so much more control that you actually can find because it was a that was a big thing for me. It was just not ever thinking that I had control over this pain, that it just came and it like, you know, chopped me down whenever, you know, it felt like it and then I couldn't do anything about it. But as I became more familiar with my pain and what kind of things aggravated it, I got a lot better understanding of the fact that I... I do have a lot of control and I have a lot of choice and and that um, that means that it, it doesn't have to necessarily define me all the time that I've got a little bit more control. You know, dealing with things like this is always a, uh, a constant battle. It's a constant challenge with like anything in life. Um, and can, let me ask you this, is that what, what kept you going? What, what keeps you sort of, is there any particular rituals or thought process that goes through your mind on a, on a daily basis to kind of keep you moving forward? Um, it's really the future, I suppose, that keeps me moving forward and what I want for that future. And, and when I was really struggling with my pain and um, relying on medications and, and, and in that really dark place, I just the future just did not look bright at all. And I, and I just thought it was going very, very steeply downhill. Um, and I had a young child. I've now got another young child. I, di- I just I wanted to be a better mother for them. And I wanted to be a you know strong person and show them that you know these kind of things can be done. So I suppose that's what gets me going on a daily basis, and that's what gets me um, implementing all these things that I've learned, which do take time, and as I said, they take a lot of effort. So that that's my motivation is is to be a better person for for them and and for myself, just to show that I can that I can do it. And there's like I said, so much more uh, possibility. Yeah. Just wondering, Mandy, um, obviously you're off your drugs now and you're blogging about your story, which is awesome, and you've got you know, mental control over, over the pain and how it impacts your life, et cetera, et cetera. What are the many things that you do on a daily basis to help you manage the pain and, and what are the things that you find work the best for you? Yeah, so every morning I'll get up a little bit earlier than the kids and do some stretches and some exercises and that just sort of sets me up to, um, you know, feel a little bit stronger to get the day going. Um, So that's really important and I notice when I don't do that, the impact that it'll have by the end of the day. Um, Mindfulness plays a really big part and that doesn't necessarily every day mean sitting down and meditating because it's just... um, something that I cannot necessarily always fit into my day but it's it's you know every hour every minute just doing these little check-ins and being aware of what I'm doing whether I need a break whether I need to change positions whether I um just noting what my thoughts are whether they're helpful or whether they're negative or um just being aware of what's going on and not being afraid to sort of get up close and personal with my pain and what's going on in that moment um 
eating healthy food is always um, something that I try to do every day. And so, um, yeah, I think for me they're the main three things. Um, And keeping that open dialogue so definitely with my husband and with my kids, like I, I let them know if I've got pain and I try to not let it affect my my attitude and my behaviour. So I'll, I will often let them know if I've got pain um, and they're very good now at also letting me go off and do something about it. So I'll tell them that I need to go off and spend a little bit of time in my room doing a meditation or I'll tell them I need to go for a walk and um, and I think that that's good that they know that I'm looking after myself. So Mandy, for lots of people who deal with chronic pain, um, it can seem helpless at times. It can seem very difficult. It can seem overwhelming for people. Um, and I think often they're not sure where to start or how to start. Um, you know, if you were to go back and, and perhaps talk to yourself when you were at that stage, and, and I'm just assuming that there may have been a stage you were like that or talk to someone who was in that position, what would you say to them? What would you say to them about how to get started, how to make that first shift? I think the first shift is is definitely in the mind and understanding that there is some degree of control and choice that they have um, and not that pain is ruling their life and, and it, there's nothing that can be done about it. So that was a big mindset shift and for anyone out there, I would suggest, you know, that that is something that they can just be open-minded about, that they, that they have got some degree of control and that control can come with a very, very, very small thing like... Um, adjusting their posture every five minutes and setting a timer or, um, you know, uh, trying to be more aware of their thoughts, not necessarily changing them, just being aware of what they're thinking when they've got pain, Um, being open to the possibility of exploring their pain and the physical sensations that actually occur when they've got pain and that way getting a better understanding of when they might need to stop or when they might need to slow down. Um, But definitely want people to know when they are in pain that it's these very small little tiny steps that you can do and little changes that you can make that do actually go on to make a big difference um and it, and it is just about starting small oh, Mandy, just be careful with the mic there it's just making a lot of noise when you move it um mandy so the other thing with chronic pains when, when you've told when you told your story now um to people um, what are some of the common, like, what, what, are there any surprises when people come up to you now that, you know, when you actually gone speak, speaking about your chronic pain, like when they, when they come up to you and sort of say like, you know, you understand me that, what, what are some of the things that uh, surprise you the most? Um, I think often, often I get the under, I get the impression that people don't think they understand their situation. So people will come up to me, like you said, and say, oh, it's so good to hear that you, you understand what it's like. Um, and that really concerns me because I think if if we don't have these conversations about pain and what it is like for people, then there'll continue to be this mis- you know, um, this under- lack of understanding in the community. So um, I really want to encourage people to have conversations about it and what it is like, um, so that they they don't have to feel like they're they're telling their story and people don't understand. Um, I think that's definitely a, a major thing and, and I often get feedback that, um, you know, the advice that they get given from their practitioners um, is difficult for them to actually undertake that they, they the doctors have um, or their medical team may have a limited understanding of the impact on 
them in a, in a you know f- not just physically but but mentally and emotionally and and with their relationships and all of that um that impact um you know sort of often gets uh, brushed aside and and the actual physical condition is the only thing that's focused on yeah that great can be really disappointing for people great point yeah very disappointing for people uh, as chiropractors uh lawrence brett and i have, have worked with people in chronic pain and acute pain and it's a very it's distressing for us as practitioners um, to see real people go through real pain. Um, and there's a lot of light made of it um, on a particular ad at the moment on the radio that's sponsored by a drug company that talks about all the different ways in which people will describe pain. And it, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek and funny at the same time, but obviously it, it's a, such a massive issue that um, that they're advertising about it on the radio at the moment, which is which is a big deal. When people come to listen to you speak, Mandy, because you're talking, um, and, and by the time this podcast goes to air, um, many people have missed this your particular talk. But you are speaking again in August. But when when you do speak, what are the things that you're speaking on, and what people what can people glean from you to take away um, to help them deal with pain better? Um, well, hopefully, just the story itself and the fact that you know I've been able to come off medications. For a lot of people, that is a big thing. Just understanding that there is that possibility that you can still have pain and not be on, not be reliant on medications. Um, I often sort of brush over that part of my story, but for a lot of people that are that are taking lots of different medications because there's so many out there, they they do find that part of the story. Um, you know, inspiring and gives them a little bit of hope that there is that possibility for them. But I think the main thing that I want people to understand from from any talk that I give is is that there is some amount of control that you can have over your pain um, in the choices that you make on a daily basis, whether it be exercise, um, little bits of, um, you know, taking breaks when you need them, um, and a lot to do with the mindset accepting pain is a condition that you have and that it's still something that you can do about it, um, being aware of negative thoughts around pain and not being afraid to have those open, honest conversations with your family and friends and asking for help. Um, so hopefully if they get some of those things, I'll be happy. <laughs> well, Mandy, I think one of the most challenging things about chronic pain, I guess, can be um, you know, having people around you understand what you're going through and understand you know, the, the, the complexity of it and how much it affects your entire life. But I guess also for people who are around people suffering from chronic pain, sometimes they're not sure how to help or how to communicate around that. So what advice would you give to someone who is perhaps living with someone or, or perhaps a practitioner working with someone with chronic pain about how they can help that person um, work their way through that? Yeah, that's a great question and I think that um be really important for people because there's so many people with chronic pain. If you think of all the people that they are associated with or their family and friends, then really there's not many people that aren't affected by it in some way. Um, and the it's actually the week that we're recording now is National Pain Week and the sort of byline for that is you look good but how do you feel? And I think maybe that can be a bit of a take-home message is that um, – you know, you really need to dig into someone to find out how they're really feeling because quite often the default answer is just, yeah, I'm fine and it's just kind of brushed aside. But um, to really try and get the person to answer the question honestly and say to them, look, if you're really struggling, I'm I'm here, I'm happy to listen and, and maybe that's all they need is just to be heard. Um, if there's anything that I can do to help, please, you know, let me know. Um, but 
it's really about getting those first conversations going and, and understanding how much it might be impacting their life. You know, it's, thank you for being honest and, and, and sharing your story because I think, you know, the Wellness Guys has always been about sharing experts but also uh, real-life stories. I think people really under, need to sort of see and hear and, and feel like they're actually um, there are other people just like them. And uh, so thank you very much for, you know, being part of this uh, show and sharing your story. I, thank you. And I want to say thank you to you guys because um, a lot of the part of my journey has been educating myself and I've done that a lot through podcasts and I've been a, um, a big listener to the Wellness Guys and lots of the other podcasts and I just wanted to say thank you that I'm very grateful for all the work you guys do. Oh, thanks, Mandy. Really appreciate thanks, Mandy. that. Thank you. Um, guys, I mean, if you if you want to come out to meet us and, and also just be part of the tribe and, and part of the crowd, I think it's really important that you come out to the Wellness Summit. It's, we do this once a year. Um, to, this year it's going to be on September 10th and 11th. It's going to be in Melbourne. And it's just one of those events that allow us to connect to our listeners, but also you're going to learn so much. We, we you know, uh, There's going to be presenters who presented before and there's going to be presenters that have never presented there before. And we definitely all have new talks and and new things are going to be surprises i guess we're going to be uh, um you know showing up in the wellness summit it's just a great event to also not just connect with the speakers and the podcasters that you listen to day in day out but also dealing uh, talking to people that are just like you i mean there's a crowd of you know 700 to a thousand people that are actually who are who are who love wellness and wants to, to grow and, and actually people who understand you. We also bring uh, top, um, you know, people who are actually, you know, with products and services that actually will help you. And it's just a great place to be. So I definitely want to, to make sure that you guys uh, to come out to that. If you guys are interested in go, going to it, please go to thewellnesssummit.com and that's the best place to get the tickets. And guys, make sure you, uh, um, this has been a great episode. So thank you so much, Mandy. And uh, make sure you go to Facebook, facebook.com to the wellness guys or the wellness couch. Uh, tell us about what you think about this particular podcast and so maybe share your story about chronic pain share this podcast with your friends and families and other strangers you think need a wellness update and more importantly subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there please give us a great rating and to comment and uh, on itunes until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.